Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos, Corey McKeague, and the Hart Brothers. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on the mysterious disappearance of a Royal Air Force officer and the brutally murderous ways of the Hart Brothers. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted Twos. Number 1. Corey McKeague. On September 23, 2016, 23-year-old Royal Air Force gunner Corey McKeague went out drinking with his friends in Suffolk, England. Sometime in the early morning of the 24th, he said goodbye to friends from the Flex nightclub when he was asked to leave because he was too drunk. He was then seen entering a restaurant called Mamma Mia at around 1.30 a.m. Corey was then captured on CCTV falling asleep by the doorway for close to two hours before waking up at around 3.25 a.m. The camera caught him walking towards the horseshoe area where several garbage cans were located, but he was never seen leaving the area again. His mother and friends said that getting drunk, buying food, and sleeping his drunkenness off wasn't all that unusual, but they had never experienced him leaving without informing anyone. It wasn't until Monday, September 26th, when Corey was reported missing after failing to show up to work. An extensive search was done shortly after, but there was no sign of the missing RAF man. They pinged his cell phone and found it had last given off a signal while en route to Barton Mills, some 12 miles away from where he was last seen. It was a 28-minute journey, so it's believed he may not have done it on foot. The investigation initially explored the possibility Corey may have been given a lift, hence the movement on his cell phone, but no evidence of this could be found. The area where he disappeared in contained garbage bins, and on the morning of the disappearance, a truck went into the area and collected them. According to police, it's possible Corey may have either stumbled inside a bin or fell asleep in one and was crushed or killed when the truck collected the bin. This would explain the movement of his cell phone that morning, and in fact, it was along the same route the garbage truck would have taken. Following this theory, the initial inquiry revealed the bin seized in the area only carried 15 kilograms, or about 33 pounds, so it was dismissed that Corey may have been inside since he weighed close to 200 pounds himself. But later on, during the investigation, 
Police discovered the initial reported weight collected was incorrect, and in fact it had recorded 220 pounds, which means it could have possibly carried Corey inside. As the investigation progressed, a stretch of road including two landfill areas were searched, hoping to find any trace of him. However, no clues were discovered. Corey's personal life was also then brought to the forefront. It was believed he was gay and had joined a swinger's website and dating apps looking to meet other individuals for casual sex. It's also believed he may have known his girlfriend was pregnant during the time of his disappearance, a fear his father expressed might have caused him to harm himself or run away. However, the rest of the family disputed this. Since his disappearance, an estimated 2.15 million pounds have been spent in his search. The case was officially closed and transferred to a cold case unit recently. To this day, no one has any solid leads as to where Corey McKeague might be or what exactly happened to him. Number 2. The Hart Brothers The title of being the first American documented serial killer goes to H.H. Holmes, but that doesn't mean there weren't others before him. While Holmes was certainly one of the most brutal and notorious, before he was even born, there were two men that terrorized the U.S. Plains. They were known as the Harp Brothers. Micah Big Harp and Willie Little Harp lived during the 1700s in what is now known as Orange County, North Carolina. They were born from Scottish immigrants around 1760, and although they were deemed as brothers, it's also possible the two were first cousins. Regardless of their actual affiliation, both eventually grew up to terrorize victims in Kentucky, Illinois, and Tennessee. They left North Carolina in 1775, bound for Virginia while hoping to become slave overseers. However, the Revolutionary War broke out, and the brothers ended up siding with the British. It was likely there was no loyalty involved, but only bloodlust. Together with a gang, the pair pillaged, raped, burned farms, and killed people. In one incident, Willie got cornered while trying to rape a girl. He was caught and wounded by Captain James Wood, but he managed to survive and then escape. In 1781, they decided to join Cherokee Indians in raiding settlements around Tennessee and North Carolina. Taking revenge for shooting his brother, Big Harp kidnapped Captain James Woods' daughter Susan and another girl named Maria Davidson. The women were repeatedly raped, beaten, put in chains, and treated worse than animals. They served as wives to the brothers, bearing multiple children, and were dragged around with them wherever they went. By 1797, the Harp brothers' murder streak climaxed. During this time, Little Harp also took on a wife named Sarah Rice, a minister's daughter. The two other women, Susan and Maria, became Big Harp's wives. They were living in Knoxville, Tennessee by now. While in the area, they killed a man and stole his hogs and soon fled town. It was the first time they showcased their killing signature. This man was cut open on his stomach and weighted down with stones thrown inside. The brothers headed to Maryland and killed two traveling men. Then a local man in Virginia, John Langford, also fell victim to the killers. A local innkeeper pointed to the harps as suspects and a bounty was placed on their heads. They were captured for a while, but managed to escape with their wives and brood in tow. On their way, they killed countless travelers and at one point holed up with the Samuel Mason gang. But despite being ruthless, the Mason gang was disgusted by the bloodlust of these brothers. By this time, they had made a habit of taking travelers, stripping them of their clothes, 
taking them to the bluff and throwing them off. The gang then forced the brothers to leave. So they returned to eastern Tennessee and continued their murderous rampage. In July of 1798, they victimized a farmer and a boy named Coffee. The disemboweled bodies of local residents and travelers began turning up, including William Ballard, James Brassel, and John Tully. A man named John Graves and his son were found dead, having been killed by an axe. They also killed a young slave girl around then, too, and an entire family they had come across at a camp. Big Harp even killed his own daughter after the eight-month-old would not stop crying. He did this by bashing her head against a tree. He remarked later that this was the only killing he regretted. Unaware of their reputation, the Stegall family in Webster County gave the Harp shelter. That night, they killed a guest of the family, Major William Love. They also killed Stegall's four-month-old child because it was crying, and Mrs. Stegall because she screamed after seeing her dead baby. Soon, a local hunting party was organized to track down the Harps. On August 24, 1799, they found them and demanded they surrender, but instead they decided to flee. Big Harp was shot in the leg and pulled from his horse. As he laid dying, he confessed to 20 of the many murders that they did. Once the confession was done and while he was still conscious, Moses Stegel, the man who welcomed them into their home, slowly cut off his head and placed it on a spike pole close to the Stegel homestead. Meanwhile, Little Harp escaped and returned to the Mason gang. He changed his name to John Seton, hoping no one would recognize him. While spending four years with the gang, he colluded with another member to kill the leader, Samuel Mason, and cash in on his bounty. They successfully killed him, but when they brought his head in exchange for the bounty, they were immediately recognized as criminals and placed in jail. Willie Little Harp was executed in January of 1804, he was also beheaded and his head displayed on Nanches Road. The kidnapped women, after being freed from their miserable lives with the Harps, went on to live, remarry, and have respectable lives. It's unknown how many exactly the Harp brothers killed during their murderous spree, but it's believed to be anywhere from 30 to more than 50 people. So they were two of the most mysterious and murderous stories around. The world can be a crazy place, and Twisted Twos is always sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe and check out some of our other videos we know you'll love. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.